if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Hour number two underway now. Nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. It is a Tuesday, the ninth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2021. It is uh, supposed to be cursing our day, but Peter has the day off. He's got some work to attend to. He will be with us on Thursday this week instead, Thursday at 9.35. So set your uh, set your alarm for that one. Make sure that you are tuned in to Peter on Thursday. Uh, as it stands, hour number two is free for you and for me, a free-for-all Friday on a Tuesday, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. I want to start this hour not with the impeachment, as noted in the first hour of the broadcast, I am not going to give life and light to this Kabuki theater uh, that is being carried out against a private citizen in the United States Senate, which is nothing but political punishment, political retribution. I'm not going to give it time. I will give it an occasional comment here or there. I may give you a clip of some of the insanity and stupidity here or there, but we are not going to spend a long time talking about the impeachment. Rather, what I want to talk about now is the Biden administration's commitment to destroying the economy by virtue signaling to the poor who rely upon um, big government for all of their handouts, for all of their needs being met. What I'm talking about is this proposed increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Joe Biden is lying to you. Joe Biden and his team are misleading the public about what the minimum wage actually does and what, what it will do to working Americans. So let me give you a little bit of an example of what I'm talking about. The Congressional Budget Office has announced, you know, you know, we always talk about the CBO, the nonpartisan CBO, and we talk about it during Republican administrations, we talk about it during Democratic administrations, and it seems to be used sometimes, uh, you know, for various purposes, depending on who is in charge. But the CBO is the quote-unquote nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, and they have run the numbers. Raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour would cost this economy, and by that I mean the American people, real people, you, your neighbors, your friends, an estimated 1.4 million jobs. So people who are going from seven fifty an hour or eight twenty five an hour, whatever the minimum wage may be, depending on the state, to $15 an hour, we'll see a nice bump. 
But at least 1.4 million people will see their wage go from $8 an hour to $0 an hour. Because people will lose their jobs as employers are forced to do several things to counteract this massive increase in their overhead costs, which is their salaries and wages. One thing they're going to do, clearly, is raise the prices of their goods and services. If they have an increase in overhead, and they're especially those that operate on, uh, you know, on uh, very razor-thin profit margins as it is, especially things like the grocery industry where stock workers, you know, stockers and cashiers make minimum wage, um, the restaurant injury, uh, industry where servers, bussers, um, you know, cooks, dishwashers, sweepers make minimum wage, oftentimes anyway, not all of them, of course. But those businesses that have very, very thin razor, or razor thin profit margins in the first place simply cannot absorb the increase in their overhead costs to $15 an hour for their very basic starting workers and thus commensurate increases in pay for those who have been there a while and who have earned their way up, who have worked to earn increases in their wage by both longevity and effort and initiative, hard work, you know. So they're going to have to raise their prices to deal with that. Second thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to lay off some of those hard workers because they can't keep 10 people employed at 15 bucks an hour. They're going to have to keep six people employed at 15 bucks an hour, cutting the wages altogether of four of them, and then dividing the work among the the, the six remaining, which makes their jobs even harder, by the way, and probably less efficient and less effective for the employer who needed as many employees as he originally had. The other thing... Uh, that it's going to do to these businesses is uh, it's going to essentially force them to close their doors. That's why the 1.4 million jobs uh, from the CBO uh, was was given, because it's not just about businesses that lay off workers, it's businesses that cannot sustain operation any longer because of that wage, and they're going to close. So businesses raise prices, and then, by the way, what happens when they raise prices? Consumers are less able to afford those prices, and so they don't shop as often or buy as much or patronize businesses as much. Now, this is all common sense. I'm not reinventing the economic wheel here. But the CBO did make it very plain that the plan would cost 1.4 million jobs. Would it raise Americans, some Americans above the poverty line? Yes, it would. But at what cost? Minimum wage jobs are supposed to be because they require minimum skill. Minimum skill and minimum experience. That's what minimum wage jobs are for. They're not supposed to be for the uh, hardworking patriarch or matriarch of a family of four. If you are a family of four and you are earning minimum wage, you messed up somewhere big time. That's not what minimum wage jobs are for. They're for people beginning in the workforce, fresh out of high school, maybe still in high school. Maybe fresh out of college, too, while they look for that, uh, that dream job in the field that they majored in and spent $150,000 on their education for. But the CBO is not mistaken here. They're not ambiguous. They said it's going to cost 1.4 million people their jobs. How did the Biden administration respond to that news? Uh, well, in the first question, uh, the president is remains firmly committed to raising the minimum wage to $15. That's why he put it in his first legislative proposal, and he doesn't. He believes that any American who is working a full-time job trying to make ends meet should not be at the poverty level. And- And if an American working a full-time job is at the poverty level of minimum wage, again, that person is very young and is on their way to making more money by working harder and increasing their status, improving, getting promoted, etc. 
Um, that's what the minimum wage, minimum wage jobs are for. But the Biden administration remains committed to it. Now, you may say, why, once they hear those numbers? And the answer is what I just told you at the beginning. The Biden administration, like any other leftist organization, believes in keeping the people subservient and dependent upon the government. They believe in big government solutions to big government problems. They believe in providing what they deem to be necessary to the people, keeping those people beholden to them to come to them for their next meal. And again, I know it's very oversimplistic to say about, you know, this, the, the adage about teaching a man to fish versus giving him, giving him a fish. But that's essentially what this is. We want people who don't have skills to get better jobs right out of the gate to keep coming back to us for fish. And we'll keep giving them their, their ration of fish and tell them, you know, tell them this is, this is where you got to keep coming back. And by the way, if you don't want that fish to stop coming to you every week, um, you better reelect us because the other side is going to make you go fish for your own, for yourself. They're going to make you go and do this on your own. So that's just in a nutshell what the, the minimum wage response from the administration is to the CBO report. But there's more. And, and there was a great piece by David Arsani in the Federal, or beg your pardon, in uh, National Review, not Federalist, National Review, about the intentional misleading of the American people by Joe Biden and his media acolytes, his colleagues, his partners in crime, quite literally, uh, like uh, Paul Krugman in the New York Times. A minimum wage hike quenches the populist appetite of many voters. After all, seemingly it seemingly costs them nothing to compel greedy big business CEOs to pay the proletariat fairer wages. The problem is that a minimum wage is a tax on goods and services. It's not the big businesses that suffer, but it's the small ones, the mom and pop shops who can't afford it. And guess what? What's the biggest driver of Amer- the American economy? Big corporations or mom and pop shops? The answer is the small business mom and pop shops who employ uh, roughly 70% of the American working population. Most Americans don't work for giant companies. They work for local small businesses who can't afford this. Nor, writes Arsania, are minimum wage workers a static group of poor Americans. In fact, 58% of minimum, minimum wage workers are young workers. Minimum wage policy marginally improves the lives of Americans working their way up the ladder. And in the meantime, it destroys millions of entry-level jobs. The CBO, again, repeating the $15 minimum wage would lift 900000 out of poverty, but it would com- uh, condemn $1.4 million to unemployment. The real minimum wage, as Thomas Sowa likes to remind us, is zero. It should also be remembered, and this is a point that nobody talks about, a federal minimum wage is just about the dumbest thing that any federal politician could suggest. The federal minimum wage should be abolished completely. Why? Because this country is made up of very, very different types of populations, very different types of settings, very different demographics, and your geographical setting and your, and your demographic vary so wildly from one place to another. In other words, somebody living and working in, in a small town in Alabama is going to have a much different need in terms of a quote-unquote living wage than somebody living and working in New York City. How can you treat the people and the wages of the people who live in high-cost cities um, and and try to make that the same wage as people who live and work in very small rural communities? 
it makes no sense. There's very little real debate on the topic in major media. Biden's all the economics comment. Biden said this, by the way. Biden said uh, about the minimum wage, quote, all the economics of the $15 minimum wage hike were good. <laughs> he said this despite the CBO saying it's going to cost 1.4 million people their jobs. So his all the economics comment is reminiscent of Obama's claim that every economist believed in his stimulus plan. Such declarations are created, are meant to create the veneer of scientific consensus and certitude, just like they try to tell you, and I'm opining here, away from Harsanyi's piece, just like the, when they try to tell you that the science is settled on climate change, and if you are not all about reducing the carbon emissions of this planet, and if you're not about driving an electric car, and if you're not about solar panels and wind turbines, if you're not all about those things, you are killing the planet. Science says so. All the science is settled. It's absurd. Of course the science is not settled on that. And no, the economic, or economists rather are not uh, in 100% unanimity when it comes to the minimum wage. It's ridiculous. When the Cato Institute found 200 economists to counter Obama's claim about his um, stimulus back in 2009, three of them Nobel laureates, by the way, they had to take out a full-page ad in the New York Times to be heard. What does that mean? It means the New York Times, the Washington Post, the far-left newspapers, the uh, network news on CBS, ABC, NBC would not report the findings of these 200 economists telling you the stimulus plan that Obama was putting in place was going to be a disaster. They wouldn't cover it from a journalistic standpoint. So the scientists had to take out, or the economists rather, had to take out a full-page ad and buy the right to be heard in those news uh, pages. So it's not true then and it's not true now that all of the uh, economics of the minimum wage or much else else is settled. I mentioned Paul Krugman, New York Times writer. He once noted, any Econ 101 student can tell you that higher wage reduces the quantity of labor being demanded and hence leads to unemployment. And that is absolutely true. And yet Krugman, who knows that to be true and has written about it, is now arguing on behalf of the increased minimum wage instead. Why? Because he and his ideology and the prevailing liberal Democrat orthodoxy, they are now aligned. And to tell the truth that he knew about economics does not play well with his partisan friends in, in the new government. All right, I'm going to get a time out here. I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Your call is next on The Authority. Okay, 1026 now. Let's go back to the phones. We're going to go to Roz, who's in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Roz. Go right ahead. Hello. This is such a sham on on those who um, are under the poverty level. It's disgusting. Because the idea of giving $15 an hour is to rise someone above the poverty level, which means they're going to give those who keep their job. will get $15 an hour. They will no longer get food stamps. They will no longer get daycare vouchers. They will no longer, if they're in CMHA, their rent will go up. If they are on a payment plan with utilities, their PIP amount will go up, and they will be paying more for everything. If anything, 
it will put more in poverty. Yeah, you're 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 a thousand percent right, um, Roz. And the other part that you didn't mention is the fact that their fifteen dollars an hour won't go as far because they will not get forty hours anymore. In addition to some people having their their jobs eliminated because of the the wage hike, those who are left behind to work fifty for fifteen bucks an hour, they're not going to give them forty. They're going to give them thirty. They're going to give them twenty five or whatever they can in order to um uh to try to keep their general overhead lower. So they're going to well, make less money. To. They're going to make less money. They're going to work less hours. So ultimately, even though they have a higher wage per hour, they're going to make less money. And then, as you say, they're going to have to pay more for all of the things that they may have been getting breaks on before that. Exactly. And to keep from falling into Obamacare territory, which is coming back, they're going to have to keep them under 30 hours. Yeah, that's that's very true too. Especially if they, when they do, so if they if they reimpose the the Obamacare mandate, and it's going to be for everybody over, I think it was twenty nine, right? Wasn't twenty nine the number of hours? If you work twenty nine or more, you have to have health, uh, uh, have to have that coverage. I think it's over twenty nine. Maybe that's it's over twenty nine. Yeah, under yeah. thirty. So you're going to get twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine hours a week. Okay, yep. at less than double what you're making now, because even Burger King pays over eight dollars an hour. Yeah, you're okay. right. And again, I and, mean, and, and because of that, Burger of King can charge cases? because of that Burger King can charge two twenty nine for a burger and not four twenty nine. And when it's four twenty nine, nobody's buying. People can't go to if you can't go to a fast food. And thank you for the call, Roz. If people can't go to a fast food drive up window and feed their family of four for under twenty twenty five bucks, if it's going to cost them forty or fifty bucks, and, and I'm not being extra, extraordinary with that. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic with that. You go, what's a generally acceptable value meal, value meal cost at a drive through window where you get your main burger slash chicken sandwich? Seven, eight bucks? So if it's going to cost you seven, eight bucks to feed your family of four, that's time and force, and now we're talking 28, 30 bucks uh, at, at a fast food, a fast food drive through. When that price goes from seven twenty nine or seven ninety nine or whatever it is per, per meal, goes to nine ninety nine or ten bucks or ten fifty or whatever, because of the overhead costs increasing to those fast food owners, which really, like I said, restaurant owners operate on very, very thin profit margins as it is. When those things go up to 10, 10, 50, 11 bucks an hour or whatever, and now you're going to take your family of four out and it's going to cost you 50, 60 bucks to feed them, nobody's going to fast food anymore. All right? The value menu that now has a 99 cent item is going to have a 299 item. That's value now because if you want to pay full price, it's 499. Nobody can do that. And again, all that's going to lead to is what? More people being put out of work when the business closes altogether. Coming right back after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1035, the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. A couple of notes here before we go back to the phone calls. Um, I want to share this. I told you both on the air and in um, a speech that I gave to Medina County friends and neighbors a couple of weeks back that my goal for the President of the United States, I'm sorry, the now former President of the United States, President Trump, in his private life now that he has done serving as President, my goal for him would be to start his own software company and create Trump phones. And my reason for that was um, we need to have an option. 
rather than buying from one of the two crime families, uh, you know, the, uh, the five families of crime, kind of like old mafioso style in New York City, in New, York, New Jersey, the five families of big tech crime are Apple, Google, Twitter, Facebook, and Amazon. Right now, if you have a smartphone and you want to be able to access applications and text messaging and this, that, and the other, if you have a smartphone, you have to have, I I don't believe there's a third option. If somebody knows of one, let me know, but you either have an iPhone or you have an Android. Well, iPhone is owned by whom? Apple. Android is owned by whom? Google. You're forced to buy from one of the crime families, okay? So what I wanted President Trump to do in response to big tech crime is to create Trump phones, create his own phone manufacturing company with its own proprietary software where he can carry its own applications dedicated to free speech. In other words, a thumb in the eye of big tech and also to rebuild his fortune. I don't know if you heard this or not, but President Trump's net worth, now that he has left the White House, is roughly half of what it was when he went in because he wasn't he had to divest himself of his companies he had to give his companies to some of his kids and to other interests because of you know the obvious nature of public service you can't have a conflict of interest in private business so because he wasn't able to run his company and continue to develop real estate and the things that he does his net worth is now half of what it was so in addition to promoting free speech and putting a thumb in the eye of the big tech big tech crime families it would make him richer again. Quite simply, 75 million Americans who voted for him, who are livid that he was removed from office, perhaps illegally, um, would immediately say, goodbye, Apple. They would say, goodbye, Google. I'm buying a Trump phone. So I don't have good news on that front, but I do have this. It's a step in the right direction. Senior advisor to Trump 2020 campaign Jason Miller says that there could be a new social media cam- a platform developed, a new social media app, and it's being developed by Donald Trump. A brand new app called something like Trumper, instead of Twitter, is being considered by the president and his advisors. Stephen Miller appeared, uh, or excuse me, uh, Jason Miller appeared on Breitbart News and said that the discussion has come up, and he brought up the notion unprompted in the interview. He wasn't asked about this. He brought this up. So clearly it's something they have talked about. And asked what a Trump social network, something like Trumper or similar, would look like. Miller said uh, he was circumspect, but said the former president is considering both joining existing new platforms or launching his own to own competitor to the tech giants in Silicon Valley. All options are on the table, he said. A number of things are being discussed. Stay tuned there because you know he's going to be back on social media. We're just kind of figuring out which avenue makes the most sense. So i got to tell you, I'm excited about that. I am thrilled about that. It's not what I wanted, a full-on social media, or excuse me, a full-on um, uh, software company and phone company to make his own phones, but start with your own app and then expand from there. I'm okay with that. I think it would be an absolute home run. A Trump phone owned by you know President Trump and his partners and dedicated to wiping through capitalism, by the way, not through government censorship. Because that's what they've already done to Parler. The government teamed up with big tech. The Biden administration 
And the government teamed up with Big Tech to wipe out Parler. To blame Parler for the Capital Six riot, or the January Six rather, uh, Capital riots, uh, and everything else, they wiped out Parler, which was essentially wiping out the competition illegally. What a Trump phone would do, and a Trump software company would do, would wipe out Apple, at least in terms of its uh, uh, monolithic control, its monopoly on the smartphone market. It would wipe it out completely. Same thing with Google. Right now, Apple and Android, or in other words, Apple and Google, iPhones and Androids are the only choices you have. When a Trump phone comes down the line, tens of millions of Americans, not to mention internationally, would be buying those phones and and sticking it to the companies that literally try to wipe out the competition, monopolies that they are, uh, through ridiculous um, virtue signaling and governmental control, trying to wipe out the competition like Parler. I hope he does it. Right now they're talking about Trumper instead of Twitter. That's a good start. Then we get to Trump phones, and then we maybe start to defend freedom of speech in this country again. All right, let's go back to the phone. Oh, actually, before I go back to the phones, <laughs> because I just mentioned free speech, I should remind you, we are just eight days away from our next Citizens for Free Speech Ohio chapter webinar. Uh, it'll be at 7.30 p.m. on February 17th, a week from tomorrow. 7.30 p.m., our guest presenter will be Peter Kersenow, uh, which is just a little coincidental. Like I said, he's not on today. He'll be on with us on Thursday, but he will be the guest presenter at the Citizens for Free Speech webinar uh, that you can participate in only if you are a member of Citizens for Free Speech. So, And it's free to join. So go ahead and log on when you get a chance to citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Then you can register as a member of Citizens for Free Speech. Then you can register for the webinar and listen to what Peter has to say as we continue to counter the devastating assault on free speech and free expression, the entire First Amendment of the con- to the Constitution in this country. And Pete is going to be just uh, phenomenal. I know he is. He's got a great presentation planned for us. We've discussed. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, again, it's next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Register now by joining Citizens for Free Speech at citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Okay, to uh, Jan in Greater Cleveland, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan. Oh, hi there. You know, with all the uh, policies Biden is making, I think the people who voted for him will eventually realize that what they voted for was the president of Chimerica, because I think he is more interested in satisfying China and making them uh, be more powerful in this country, and bringing, doing their darndest to destroy small business. Well, you know, listen, listen, up. Jen, you get that, and I get that, but his voters won't have any regret, because you want to know why? Two reasons why. Number one, they're dumb. They're just dumb. They're just not smart people. They just, you know, they have all of the education that you could imagine. They've got advanced degrees from Ivy League universities, and they, uh, you know, parade those things around, and they wear them as some sign of, of advancement or elitism. But they're just dumb. They won't realize what is being done to harm this country and to help uh, our, our literally our, our most serious geopolitical enemy in the world today, which is China. And then the second reason is they won't regret their vote because Joe Biden's not Trump. And to them, it could be Satan incarnate. 
If his name is Satan on the other side of the ballot or opposite of Trump, there are going to be tens of millions who voted for Satan. So Joe Biden is, is, a, is an angel compared to that. Um, so, so they won't have any regrets. You and I will have regrets. They won't have any regrets because they're too okay. stupid to know, to know that. To so know so these, the college educated who sat there and got brainwashed are used to sitting in front of the TV and believing everything the media says. There we go. You're right. Thanks. That's exactly Thanks, correct. Thank you, Jan. You know, that is such an... She said it perfectly. We say it all the time. They're, they like to profess their enlightenment by showing you their degrees. Huh. The average Trump didn't even go to college like we did. And they, and they sit there and they pass their judgment from their degreed... Uh, you know, uh, professions and their, uh, their BMWs and their Mercedes and look what I drive because I went to college. But the fact of the matter is there are far more of them driving, you know, seven year old Priuses because they've been brainwashed into thinking that, or maybe all electric vehicles, they've been brainwashed into thinking that's what they have to do, and they couldn't get a good job to afford a Mercedes because they graduated with a degree in gender. teaching ancient philosophy. So my point is, they sit there with their advanced degrees, thumbing their noses at the uneducated Trump voters. When the reality is they didn't get an education. They got an indoctrination. Jan just said it perfectly. They were taught to hate their own race. They were taught to be ashamed, particularly if they are white, of being white because of the inherent racism that is in their DNA thanks to their hateful ancestors. They were taught that social justice is more important than economics. They were taught that equity is more important than equality. They're taught all of these things that are not going to help them in their lives. They're not educated. They're indoctrinated. And yet they want to sit there and, 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 and look down and demean those Walmart shopping. What, what did they, how did they describe uh, uh, Trump, uh, Trump voters, Walmart shoppers? And uh, what did, uh, it wasn't Biden who, who, who demeaned them and said they're probably, oh, it was Anderson uh, Cooper on CNN. So they're sitting at the Olive Gardens right now, demeaning Olive Garden and, and all these kinds of things. Basically just looking down their noses at the uneducated, Bible-thumping, religion-gun-clinging Trump voters while we elite, enlightened Yale graduates all, you know, clink our glasses together and, and toast to our own superiority. Um, that's what they're doing. They're never going to have regrets. Because we are too stupid to know any better, and they, of course, are the enlightened one. TJ. All right, TJ, you're on the air. Yeah, hello, Bob. You know, uh, in response to Jan's call, I always said that if the Democrats offered their voters Elmer Fudd, they'd go out and vote for him. Well, little did I know, they actually did offer him Elmer Fudd, and they did go out there and vote for him. He sounds like it sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. But, you know, uh, Bob, this Trump thing is, to me, I think this is fantastic, this Trump phone. You know, tell me a startup business in history that in the first few weeks you'd get millions of customers, almost guaranteed. Right. I'd like to see something like that with public stocks. I know I'd buy some. I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think he should go ahead with it, and I think he'll make a lot of money in the process. I, and, I just, and like I said, you could have tens of millions of people in the first month buying his product. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you something, uh, TJ. I, I, I think it's a legitimate idea. It's not just kind of ranting and rambling on a radio show. I've actually put some thought in this, and my only problem is, is I don't have a connection, a direct line to the president or somebody that can talk to him personally because I literally think I deserve a cut. I don't think anybody is talking about this. I listen to national radio shows almost around the clock. I watch most of the cable news. I've never heard anybody tell the president, build a phone company to rival iPhone and Google's Android. You will become a trillionaire the way Jeff Bezos is and the way Gates and and, uh, Cook are and Jobs was. Uh, You'll become a a phone company magnate uh, and you will be able to run them out of business through capitalism, through simply selling more phones uh, and watching their profits dwindle. And I haven't heard anybody say it, TJ. I I feel like I've got a unique idea here that I just need to get to the president. Can anybody help me get it to the president, the ex-president? Jordan? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't Uh, know. I'll try it. I'll try it. (laughs) And like I says, Bob, this would take a tremendous amount of money. I realize that. But if you put public stocks out there and you've got tens of millions of Trump supporters buying stock, you got your capital. Yeah, you well, you know, capital. Yeah, they probably wouldn't go public with it right away. It would have to, you know, they'd have to build it and get it started and then, then take it public. But Trump has enough wealthy friends who I'm sure would be more than happy. You know who I bet would do it? I bet Tom Brady would go in. I bet Bob Kraft would go in. I bet a number of, of prominent, uh, conservative leaning millionaires and billionaires would say, give me 5%, give me 10%, let's build this thing. Trump phone and watch and then go public and then let everybody share in the profits. I can absolutely Absolutely see that happening. And I'm a frugal guy, Bob. I still have the old flip phone. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> if the Trump phone come out, I'd go out and buy one the same day. See, that's what I'm talking about. Now, you know, you're, you're not even a smartphone owner, but you will become one to get one of those. And I believe that people who are smartphone owners, the iPhone owners who are livid that Apple stripped um, Parler from their app store, they would get rid of their iPhone and go to a Trump phone. The same thing with the Android users. They would tell Google to go pound salt. I'm getting me a Trump phone uh, because they don't, they don't you know, conspire uh, to violate antitrust laws to run competitors out of business. Uh, I, I, I really believe that between the people who don't have a smartphone and those who do but are livid, he would sell 75 million of them in week one. And, and just remember, Bob, it takes one C to beat another C. It takes capitalism to beat communism. Amen. And that's the bottom line. I mean, and that's what what our side's got to do, beat them with capitalism. There's no doubt. TJ, thanks for the call, my friend. There's wing radio to say it's capitalism versus, but it's really not. It's not radical. It's real. It's reality. Um, We are looking at flat out communism and we're staring it straight in the face we are going to tell you what you can do what you can say where you can go how you must look when you get there you're literally stripping away your private rights as americans and who does that communists do that the government will tell you what to do where to go when you can go there how you can look when you get there what you can say how you can express yourself and all of the rest and um people are swallowing it up and saying yeah well at least he's not trump i'll take that what an absolute shame. All right, let me get a final time. I'll come right back. If you've got more thoughts, hit me now. 216-901-0945 on The Authority.
Okay, 1054, final segment on AM 1420, the answer of this Tuesday morning. Don't forget, if you missed uh, uh, Peter Kirsten out today, you're not alone. Everybody missed Peter Kirsten out today. Peter had uh, previous engagements this morning. He will make up for his missed slot, his regular Tuesday slot on Thursday at 935. You are going to want to, <laughs> excuse me, you are going to want to be here uh, for that. Uh, tomorrow on the program, we are going to have a special program as we continue the campaign to help support preborn. Uh, obviously an extraordinarily important organization in support of life and in, in support of preborn lives, quite literally. So we're going to spend a lot of time on that on tomorrow's program. Uh, and I certainly hope you will be here for that. I want to follow or finish rather, uh, with just a couple of notes on the other big Biden blunder of the moment. Yesterday, minimum wage, no matter how insane it is to try to federalize a wage that would be very, very different in New York than it would in Alabama. It would be very different in San Francisco than it would be in Mejia, Texas. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But the other thing that they did yesterday is the continuation of the abolishment, or the abolition, I guess is a better word, of us. They're doing it literally by executive order. They're doing it by memo. Yesterday, Tucker Carlson talked to a sheriff in uh, uh, Texas named A.J. Lauterbeck, who explained what is going on um, in uh, with respect to the new administration's organization, or excuse me, orders uh, with respect to immigration policy. Open borders by way of uh, no more construction of the border wall. And in fact, before I give you the sheriff, do I have this Laura Logan? I do. Before I give you the sheriff, here's Laura Logan, who has been at the border reporting on what's going on down there, describing the complete inability whatsoever of border patrol agents, much less ICE agents working in cities, to stop the illegals that are just sprinting past them on the border completely unobstructed. Because, for example, Delray... All right, sorry about that. We've got to make that a little bit better. Here, let's go one more time. Before Biden's inauguration, the last week, 5,699 apprehensions. Um, I'm going to give you that again because we missed the first part where the uh, glitch happened. Story for years from the Rio Grande through San Diego. I've been all across that southern border. Uh, For the first time, we made progress. Now it's going to be amnesty and open borders again. All right, Sean, shut up. Let's listen to Laura Logan here. Can we do that, please? It's funny that you mentioned your experience along the border, Sean. I was thinking about that as I was writing down some numbers um, from Border Patrol's own statistics that uh, may resonate with you, with your uh, knowledge of the, the, the border down there. Because, for example, Del Rio, they're up from 2,476 in the week before Biden's inauguration. The last week, 5,699 apprehensions, um, up from known recorded gotaways, up from 924 to 2,106, Dean. So, you know, that's all along the border, more than 50 to 60 to 70 percent increases, not just in the number of apprehensions, but also in the number of known and recorded guardaways. 50 to 60 to 70 percent increases in apprehensions and an even bigger number of known guardaways. In other words, those who were not apprehended who just ran right by them. This at a time, and this is the point of this, and I'm not going to get to the sheriff that Tucker had on, my apologies. But this at a time in which the federal government is about to mandate that every American show a negative COVID test or proof of a vaccine in order to fly domestically. 
and especially for anybody to fly into the United States from abroad. Anybody coming in must show, or traveling, must show a negative COVID test. That's the new policy that's being ordered by the Biden administration. Meanwhile, they are allowing thousands and thousands of people to stream across the border with no COVID tests, no vaccine proof. On one hand, they're telling us we can't move freely in our own country because of the health concerns. But illegal aliens are allowed to storm our country and move freely without having any such tests required. So I just wanted to close with that because this is the fight that we are we have undertaken. This is the fight. Law and order, health, all of the disparities that are being offered or that are being ordered rather by the Biden administration, those are what we are up against and those is what those are what we continue to fight for. Mike Gallagher will continue that fight. Then Charlie Kirk and Dennis Prager and Sebastian Gorka, they'll do it too. Stay here all day on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you tomorrow.